We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast. How are we all doing today? Doing well? I hope so. It is a lovely Wednesday morning here, and I'm actually not in Springfield, Missouri right now. I am in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm on a mini little vacation with my roommates. Um, They've been on the podcast before, Morgan and Michael. I've talked about them before. They're like the biggest parts of my lives because I see them every single day of my life. Um, But we went on a mini vacation to Bentonville, Arkansas, and we're just kind of exploring. It's really actually very nice because we have a cute little Airbnb with a separate little room um, that has a little desk and a little office. So that's where I'm recording right now. And we are just um, going to the Crystal Bridges Museum, of course, because that's what everyone does. And it's been nice. We've only been here for day so far but it's been nice to be able to kind of be like socially distancing and having fun at the same time and you know being in a new little place we've been we took um the their dog on a walk yesterday and yeah so very exciting stuff I was gonna like not post an episode because I'm on vacation but I really want to talk about what I'm talking about today and so I decided why not and really this doesn't feel like work once I get the research done it's only the research part like getting it started that's like the worst part for me also count how many times I said like because I'm sure it was a lot in there but yeah so uh, pretty exciting stuff just coming from a different location although you can see it I feel in a different place and it's really fun my little cup of coffee with me and yeah, today we're going to kind of talk, in, talk about something different um, than I feel like I normally do. And I do just want to preface it by saying that, like, I am not an expert. Um, I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you should know that by now that I am by no means an expert in anything that I talk about. I can only talk about my experience and then looking through my research lens and seeing what I find from other websites and obviously I use reputable websites um, unless it's like you know an opinion article which then I just kind of take off of you know different things that other people do for the things that I talk about but um, I just want to start off by saying that and the same with kind of my lonely episode like start off by saying if you need help go get help um and you can ask me for help and I can point you in the direction of a professional who can help you but just know that I am no expert by any means and you should never be fully just taking my advice although I do think I have good advice um it should never be it should always be taken with a grain of salt so we're going to talk about something different today um you know that feeling when you're 
driving and all of a sudden you've blacked out and you just end up at your location and you don't know how or when it happened or you're out and it doesn't feel like you're real or like you're dreaming or when you feel disconnected to your body life or situation although these things can be just quick little breaks of not being totally in the right state of mind it could also be a mild flash of disassociation And recently, I've been seeing a lot of tweets talking about this, talking about how, you know, you're driving and all of a sudden you're there. And it's kind of scary because you're like, how did I get here? Did I stop at every red light? And all things like that. And it's so funny seeing these things turn up now because disassociation has been something that I've known about since high school and only because I've experienced it a lot then and still do now. It amazes me when people don't know what it is because I've had to learn how to handle it when my mind disassociates for so long now. And that's what we're going to talk about today, disassociation. experiences disassociation and that's something that I weirdly you know had to learn and it's been around since high school like I said I think when my big break of anxiety happened and then when I hurt my knee I disassociated a lot too and it's so funny to me whenever I try to explain it to people and they have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about but it's kind of nice that this little like driving in a car meme has gone around because I can be like that's what disassociation is obviously you know Sometimes my disassociations are on a different level than that, and they're a little bit more um, in-depth and scary. But, I mean, still, disassociating when you're driving is scary. And I'm not trying to say this to scare anyone, because if that's happened to you, a lot of the times it is just like a muscle memory thing. So your mind just kind of goes on relaxation mode because you know what you're doing and you know how you're getting there. But sometimes those things can really lead to a disassociation on another level. So what is disassociation, first of all? This can be described as a disconnection and lack of continuing between thoughts, memories, surroundings, actions, and identities. The main feeling of disassociation for me is feeling like I'm going through the motions. I start to feel all fuzzy and like life isn't real around me. It's kind of like an out-of-body experience, except it's not as fun as that. It's like watching things happen around you without feeling them. So sometimes when I'm sitting there, I think it happens a lot when I have a lot of cups of coffee too. I just sit there and I feel my brain getting all fuzzy and I feel like my body is moving and buzzing, but I'm just stagnant. Like I'm not really in that place. And this is going to be a weird way to describe it, but if you've ever felt this way, please let me know so I know I'm not alone. But the way that I describe it also is sometimes I feel like (laughs) my eyes are just there looking at the things around me and my brain is just like gone. Like I see everything, I know what I'm doing, and I like know that I'm living, but my brain like doesn't connect those things together. Like I see everyone and I'm talking to you, but I don't really program that in my brain. So some other symptoms of disassociation can include amnesia, like losing memory of things that have happened to you, depersonalization, the disconnection to your own body, derealization, feeling disconnected from the world, so not just your body, but from everything that's happening around you, identity confusion, 
not having a sense of who you are, identity alteration, which is your identity may be changed or may have changed, and you may or may not remember your old identity, loss of feelings, and losing control of your body movements. All of these could last as long as the event that triggered them, or it could just be for a short short time afterward, which is called an episode of disassociation. I think the main ones that I feel are the derealization, feeling disconnected from the world, and feeling disconnected from myself, which is depersonalization. I don't really feel like I have a lot of amnesia surrounding it. I usually can remember, but that's also me saying that I can remember, which I might not if it's not a significant thing. Um, and then, you know, loss of feelings. I never really lose control of my body movements. I just don't really feel anything that's happening to me. And I feel like this can a lot of times happen when I'm at work too. Main, the main things where disassociation can occur if it's just an episode is things where you're, you know, kind of going through the motions and you're kind of feel like your muscle memory is just taking over. What I experience with disassociated disassociating is usually related to stress, whether it's emotional or work-related, things like that. Disassociation is a form of fight or flight in the human body. Whether we experience stress or a traumatic event, our body gets into fight or flight mode. Disassociation is a form of flight. Instead of feeling the feelings, your body protects you by not feeling absolutely anything. It disconnects you from the reality and just gets you through to the next thing, which is why like just going through the motions is the best way that I can describe disassociation. And I mean, I feel like the biggest times that I can remember disassociating is like um, my boyfriend last year, it was two years ago, something like that. Um, I remember I it was like the day after we had broken up and I had to get a ton of work done. I had to like write an essay or something like that and so I was sitting in a coffee shop and this man was texting me and texting me and just kept bringing up the situation and like figuring it out which by the way he broke up with me so I don't know why the next day he was texting me all about it it's because that's what men do but um I was sitting there in the coffee shop and granted I I know that coffee can make me disassociate really easily if I have too many cups of it because I'm just like buzzing and my brain gets all fuzzy but I was drinking coffee and I was trying to write these papers. So I was work-related stressed and I was also emotionally related stressed because he was texting me over and over again. And I remember just sitting there feeling so like unreal. I posted it on, I think my Snapchat or something like that, just like (laughs) casually disassociating in your local coffee shop is a great feeling because I was just feeling so unreal. I was so stressed out and I was trying to just focus on the things around me, but the coffee and the anxiety and everything about it just made me feel absolutely unreal. And maybe this is a part of the amnesia, but I tell you what, when I went home that day and I looked out and I like calmed down and I looked at all of that I had written, I remembered absolutely none of it. I remember nothing that I wrote and I think I just went into major like right mode I was like okay type 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 like let's let's get this thing done and I just focused on that and so that's a way of how my dissociation has really like presented itself to me is I just go through the motions and I mean if you ask any of my friends especially Morgan uh, she loves to say that a big thing that I do when I'm feeling stressed or when I don't want to feel feelings is work and I think that's a form of my dissociation like coming to light is 
I just don't have to think when I'm at work. I just muscle memory go through everything that I'm doing and I just do it. And I think that's a big part of the disassociation. Um, there are different types of disassociation though and there di- and there are s- separate disassociative disorders. It's important to know that you can experience disassociation like me without having a disorder that attaches itself to it. Always make sure you talk to a professional before diagnosing. Although self-diagnosis is important to just realize when you might be struggling with these things and bring it up to your therapist or psychologist. But, you know, don't diagnose yourself and then just go off of that and seek treatment or and gain treatment off of that, you know. Self-diagnosing is important so that you can describe it to your doctor, but always seek professional help. I know that disassociation, my disassociation comes from a place of stress and only happens when major stresses come into my life, like sitting in that coffee shop. So I'm going to go through uh, different types of the disorders that can go along with this um, just to, you know, get them out in the open and talk about disassociative disorders because they're important. And I didn't necessarily know all the names of them. And I think it's important for everyone too. also, I'm saying disassociative a lot in this episode, but you know what? Take a shot every time you hear it. So disassociative amnesia is a type of uh, disassociative disorder. So with this, you might not remember things that have happened to you. This may relate to a stressful or traumatic event, but it doesn't always have to. In severe cases, you might struggle with who you are, what happened to you, or how you felt at the time of the trauma. This is not the same as simply forgetting something. It is a memory lapse. This means you cannot access the memories at that time, but they are not permanently lost. With this, you might still engage with other people, such as holding conversations, and you might remember other things and live a normal life, but you could have flashbacks, unpleasant thoughts, or nightmares about the things you struggle to remember. The next is dissociative identity disorder, which is usually called DID, and it's sometimes called multiple personality disorder as well. If you have disassociative identity disorder, you may have two or more different identities called alternate identities. These identities might take control at different times. You might find that your behavior changes depending on which identity has control. And you could also have difficulty remembering the things that have happened to you as you switch between identities. Some people with this disorder are aware of their different identities while others are not. And I actually follow a couple of people on TikTok that have DID and um, they really just bring to light about all the, you know, different stereotypes and things surrounding it. That's one thing I do love about TikTok. TikTok is just the way that a lot of people have opened up and make things so less taboo. And they talk about, they kind of show videos of them um, disassociating and then going into um, the other identity. So I suggest I'm not going to talk too much about this because I don't know all about it but I do suggest looking those looking some people up on TikTok and seeing and like listening to them talk about it and answer questions um but a main point of this disorder is disassociating first and then switching into um that different identity which the disassociation could happen really quick in front of your eyes or it could also take a little bit to switch over to that other um identity A lot of researchers suggest that DID is caused by experiencing severe trauma or over a long 
like severe trauma over a long time in childhood and by experiencing trauma in childhood you take on these different identities and behaviors to protect yourself which is the main reason of disassociating is to protect yourself as you grow up these behaviors become more fully formed until it looks like you have different identities when in fact the different parts of your identity don't work together properly then there are other specified dissociative disorders um with this diagnosis you may have regularly have the symptoms of disassociation but not fit into any of the types so a psychiatrist usually uses this diagnosis when they think the reason you disassociate is important so you could disassociate and your psychologist and you could talk about it with your psychologist or therapist and they may not necessarily um, tie you to a disorder unless they deem it super necessary to the reason why like you're living the life that you do unless they deem the experience that causes it as like a triggering experience and something that's happening over and over again so the reasons they give can include um, you disassociate regularly and have done so for a long time you might disassociate in separate regular episodes between these episodes you might not notice any changes Um, You have disassociation from coercion, so someone else is forcing or persuading you, and if you were brainwashed or imprisoned for a long time, this can happen. Um, Your disassociation is acute, and that means that your episode is short, but severe. It could be caused by one or more stressful events, or you are in a dissociative trance, and this means you have very little awareness of things happening around you, or you might not respond to things and people around you because of trauma. So you're in that episode episodic state for a while and you don't feel like anything is real and unfun stuff like that um an unspecified disassociative disorder is um this diagnosis is used where you dissociate but you're not you do not fit into any specific disorder and they use this psychiatrists use this when they choose not to give a reason that you have the symptoms or if they do not have enough information to give a specific diagnosis And then kind of going into some of the symptoms with like some of the symptoms being an actual disorder. So there's depersonalization and derealization disorder and the feelings of depersonalization and derealization could be a symptom of any of the other conditions that I've listed before, but is also found among people who have paranoid delusions and people with frontal lobe epilepsy and migraines. It can also be a disorder by itself and that makes it a primary disorder and there's a lot of disagreement on among whether it should be listed as with the other dissociative disorders or just by itself so there's some of the disorders that can come from disassociating and while a lot of people just feel disassociating from time to time with different stressors and things in their life there are people who suffer with it long term and those are important things to know and to note whenever people talk about disassociation just always make sure you tread on the side of caution when talking about it and try not to you know overextend your feelings and your experiences on these people who do suffer from the disorders themselves and from a lifetime of disassociating and I know I'm talking from my experience with disassociating but I know that my experience is definitely more acute and more just episodes along you know traumatic events and or stressors in my life and that's something that I've talked to my therapist about a lot but just know that there are bigger you know disorders that associate with this So what causes disassociation? I know that we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but 
I just want to kind of get into it a little bit more. Um, traumatic events can cause disassociation. Actually, that's one of the main triggers of disassociation because it is a fight or flight response. And so, um, and those usually happen in times of traumatic events. Difficult problems that can cause stress are another form of disassociation or another thing that can cause disassociation. Difficult relationships and problems with anxiety and depression can definitely cause disassociation. Um, A lot of people who experience anxiety experience disassociation a lot because they're running I mean, I don't say this to sound as mean, but their brain is running from their feelings. And when you're overfeeling with anxiety and things like that, your brain can just cause to not feel anything at all. There are no specific medications for disassociation, but many disassociations come from anxiety and depression and medications from these can lessen the disassociation feeling. There's um, a lot of psychosocial treatments that can happen, um, like eye movement desensitization reprocessing or cognitive behavioral therapy can help, but there's no, like, it's just a lot of behavioral therapy that can help with disassociation, help in the moment when you are disassociating, but there's no specific medication to lessen disassociating itself. So, but in the moment, these things could not help and especially if you don't necessarily have a dissociation disorder and it's just an episode um, a lot of these things are for more serious causes so I'm going to share some of the ways that help me and some of the things that help me whenever I start to dissociate but again always seek a professional but these can relieve some of my symptoms so just because it helps me doesn't always mean that it's going to help you and just because it helps me doesn't always mean that it's the best thing to do for you and you want to talk to your therapist about it but these are things that I've kind of learned over the years that have calmed me down and um, helped me get over the stage and that I've talked to my therapist about so grounding yourself Um, whether it be standing outside with bare feet in the grass and just reminding yourself that you are part of this earth is something that can really help or it could be holding a rock or holding something that has a personal meaning to you Um, I used to carry around my rose quartz crystal in my in my purse or my amethyst sometimes and those are some of my just favorite crystals I just love the meaning behind them and so whenever I would dissociate I would just hold those in my hand and just kind of close my eyes and center myself and you know roll it around in my hand make sure that like feel everything that's on your hand and feel the movement of the rock and the crystal and how it's rubbing up against your hand because that can really help ground yourself and remind yourself that you're alive it's kind of one of those like pinch me I think I'm dreaming kind of things and sometimes you know obviously don't hurt yourself but sometimes just kind of pinching yourself a little bit and feeling those things and moving around that rock and feeling it against your sin skin can remind yourself that hey I'm a human I'm alive I am living this life and like closing your eyes and desensitizing yourself and closing off all those other stimulus can really help you to reground yourself and remind yourself that you are human that you're not just going through the motions that you're feeling and you're alive and um not dreaming (laughs) so those kind of different things can help um another thing is um taking myself out of the situation so with 
um, whenever I was in that coffee shop and the boy, the ex-boyfriend was texting me and all that, a big thing that I did was just turn off my entire phone. And I just focused on the one thing that I was doing in the moment, which was writing my paper, which obviously I didn't do very well because I didn't remember really writing it, but turning off my phone and just removing that stressor that was causing me to dissociate, um, was a big helpful tip for me. And if you're in a situation where you're dissociating, remove yourself from it. Go to the bathroom, take a walk outside and remind yourself like you're like you're a person. You're not just in that moment. That stressor is not defining you right now. Remove yourself from it. Remind yourself that there's more to life than that stressor in that moment and that you're going to be okay. Um, sometimes looking in the mirror and doing this, like um, reframing the situation, looking at yourself and being like, Hey, you're strong. You're alive. Like I see you, I hear you and reminding yourself that you're there for yourself and reminding yourself that you're real. Um, another thing is keeping a diary and reminding yourself of your goals and that you're human writing down everything that you're feeling, writing down all the goals and aspirations you have can really help to get yourself out of that moment that you're in and focus on the bigger picture of life. Now, I know a lot of times keeping a journal can be hard for people because um, whenever you have anxiety or depression, it's it can kind of you already spend a lot of time thinking about how other people see you and how you see yourself. So a diary can make you feel worse because if it forces you to think about yourself. It can definitely help a lot of people, but don't forget to like talk to your therapist and see if it would help you or try it out. And if it doesn't help you, then don't do it. But a lot of times diaries and meditation too can just focus on yourself when you're already so focused on yourself. It doesn't help anything. Um, relaxation. This goes into meditation or just taking a bath or doing things that give you self-care and remind you that you're human and that you're alive. So I would definitely look into those. Exercise is a great way to get out of that mindset. You're running those endorphins in your body and things like that. You're taking yourself out of the situation and then sleep. I know a lot of times when I don't get enough sleep, I can disassociate a lot easier because I didn't have enough time for my brain to reset. I didn't give myself the rest that I needed. And so I'm just going, going, going. And the anxiety is rising. And I drink a lot more coffee, which brings that anxiety up and things like that. And so getting enough sleep is very important for anyone. But also if you tend to dissociate Maybe take a nap whenever you feel yourself dissociated if you have time to do so and just wake up and feel a little bit better and remind yourself like you're human and it's okay. So I know that was a lot, but that is dissociation. And I love to talk about it because I feel like not enough people really know what it means. And I see that, you know, car driving mean going around. And so I just want to share what my experience is with it, but know that my experience isn't the only experience. And I know that I'm definitely blessed to only have episodes of it. So look into it a little bit more, do your own research, talk to your therapist if it's something that really is um, distracting you in life and see what they can do to help. Always, always seek a professional if you can, if it's available to you or, you know, call a hotline or whatever it is and know that you're not alone in feeling this way and that you are human and it's okay. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. I'm going to go explore Ventonville a little bit with my roommates today. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at loudmouthpod. Email me if you want to, loudmouthpod1 at gmail.com. And go to my Patreon page. It's loudmouthpod. I have it all linked in my show notes. Um, But I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. (laughs) 